Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. It's Wednesday, everybody, and we've got another story of Marianne Adventures. Marianne, what kind of story do you bring us today? Well, I got a call from a guy named Jack. I had met him when he opened his first restaurant about two and a half, three years ago. And he opened it in a suburb of Cleveland that I have said for a long time that this was one of the hot spots in this area for Earthbound Spirits. Probably seven out of 10 people that call me from this area have something in their house. That's how hot this area is. And Jack was calling now, though, from his third restaurant. He had checked with me when he opened his second one on the phone, and that restaurant was totally clear. So we protected it, and everything was cool. But now he's calling about his third restaurant. And he is definitely a businessman. He has a plan for himself and he's following through on it. I mean, he's doing good. And he said, you know, I knew there was nothing at my second restaurant when I called you from there. He said, after the first one, I can sort of tell now when there's something in the place or not. And I said, yeah, that actually, you're, you're right. It's a learned thing. And so you're probably aware of something there. And he said, yeah. He said, but I never went down. He said, do you remember Ron? And I says, that was like your man that did everything for you, like a manager type person. He said, yeah. He said, he's not a partner. At some point, I should probably make him a partner. He said, but I opened up this third restaurant about 75 miles away from here. And he said, and I'm opening up a fourth one out of state. So I pretty much let Ron take care of this one. It had to be built from the ground up. And I said, and you just let Ron take care of everything. And he said, yeah. And I said, yeah, I remember Ron really well. I said, he's not a believer. He said, no, he's not. He said, that's why when I got a call from him, I was a little surprised. He said, you know, he said, I had a lot of trouble getting the city to approve. Then the contractors that Ron hired had issues. Nothing was going right. Tools were missing. There was an electrical fire, but Ron didn't really tell me any of these things. He just went on, had the, the problem fixed and kept on going. He never put the two together that it could pop, probably be a ghost because he didn't believe in any of this. And I asked Jack, uh, where were you that you didn't know what was going on? He said, you know, he says, I trust Ron so much that when I was out of state looking, he said, and since I met with you in person, he says, I've gotten married, I've got a kid now. He said, and Ron was doing a great job. He said, I, I didn't have any, uh, you know, I'm trying to franchise out. And he says, I was busy doing paperwork, so to speak. And he said, 
But when Ron called, he said, you know, Jack, something's going on here. You better come down. And he said, I was planning to go down anyway. And when Ron called, it was the third day of the grand opening. So the store, the restaurant had started and it was doing, it was open. Let's put it that way. And it was a new different type of restaurant and people were curious to see how it was. And so Ron called or then um, the restaurant was, like I said, about 75 miles away. And Jack said, you know, Marianne, I should have called you just to come down with me to begin with. But I thought, no, I'll just check it out myself. I'll know if something's there or not. And that's what he did. And he got down there at the beginning of the lunch hour. And this is like the fourth day. And the tables were almost all filled. And it looked great. It even, I mean, it was better than great. The place was beautiful. And you could smell the food being prepared. It was like, oh, that makes me hungry just smelling it. It, this is exactly what I wanted it to be like. And one hour later, it was in total dis disarray. It was just a mess. One hour later, the chef and the sous chef got into a very bad fight. And all of a sudden, there's a knife in the air being thrown at somebody. And small grease fire on the stove. The smoke drifted out to the eating area and it smelled absolutely horrible. One of the wait staff accidentally poured water on the lap of one of the guests. And she said she doesn't even know how she how it happened. It was like somebody bumped her. But there was nobody around her. Oh, how about that? And in the woman's bathroom, one of the toilets backed up with a mess and every smell that goes with it. Jack just, he was mortified. He said, all, all this happened in the first hour I was there. He said, people were leaving. He says, nobody was happy. He said, Marianne, I know I can't see these bears like you, but there is no doubt that something isn't going on. And there certainly was. Now, when he called, there were other people in the place. So it's one of those, I don't know if these are restaurant ghosts or if they were people that were traveling with some of the people that were there. But he said, would you please come down? And I drove down, oh, maybe two or three days later when I had time. When I got there, there were cleaning people there. The, 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 store, the restaurant was going to open in about an hour. So there were no guests there. But there was a cleaning person there. Uh, the chefs were already working in the kitchen. There was the bartender was there doing something behind the bar. There was a plumber there. And he was trying to fix that toilet in the bathroom, which he kept coming out and saying, I don't know why it's doing that. I can't find any reason. And then there was a wine delivery guy. And he was taking cases of wine down into the basement. There was a storage room down there. Well, while I'm talking to Jack, the truck driver, the wine driver, comes up and says, um, excuse me, but you've got a flood in your basement. 
Jack just looked at me and we went to where the basement was and I stood at the top and looked down and you could see water down below on the floor. And I said to Ron, and I said to Ron, I can't believe this was not going on during construction. He said, you know, stuff happened, but I just thought it's life. You fix it. You go on. People make mistakes. Here we are. You know, this is trying to give an explanation for what ghosts are doing when you have no clue. And that's exactly what he was trying to do. And he said, I do have to admit, though, I had two foremen quit and never giving me a reason why. Right then, a ghost of a man walked out of the kitchen. And I looked at him. Coming from the bathroom was another man, ghost. And walking out from the cloakroom was a woman ghost. So there were three of them there. And they had nothing to do with the live people that were there. They just, the first man liked to break things. The bigger things that he could break, the happier he was. And if it was something expensive to fix, he was really happy if he could break it. And he just, that's what he went after. He was about 45 years old, knew how to break things. He was a handyman for years when he was alive. So he had knowledge how to break things and not get people, not make people aware of what was wrong. And he had died fixing a cooler in a restaurant. He electrocuted himself by accident. And he has had it against restaurants ever since he died. And this was his town, and he grew up here, and, and, and he said, I knew that I died and it was my fault, but it made me so angry, I never went into the light. And any restaurant or bar that has a cooler, I damage it. I, it's what I have to do. And I said, like the water that's in the basement now? And he said, yeah like the water that's in the basement now. I said, all right. The second male ghost was a little bit older, about 60. He considered himself a five-star chef when he was alive. And he had, a, I have to tell you, he had an attitude like Gordon Ramsay. I'm not kidding you. He was just as loud and boisterous and full of himself. And he was just great. When he was alive, just ask him. And he was even wearing an apron, a, 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 you know, a chef apron. He had a chef's hat in his hand that when he was talking, he put the chef's hat on. I, I, did, I did everything that I didn't laugh at him because he looked so silly. And I said, how did you die? He said, I had a heart attack in the kitchen of the restaurant that I worked at. I said, okay. And he's, him and the sous chef had gotten into an argument. And when he threw a knife at the chef, he jumped sideways to avoid being stuck with it. That was enough to give him a heart attack. 
He was dead before the paramedics got there. And it was all the shoe chef's fault. And ever since then, guess who he's been bugging in any restaurant he wants to go into? The kitchen and the workers in the kitchen. And the knife that went flying in the kitchen, he did throw. He didn't throw it at anyone, but he did throw it. And people saw the knife fly through the air, not knowing where it was coming from. And he thought he wanted to try this restaurant because it was new. It was bright. It was sparkly. It was fresh. It was going to have a lot of people there. They were going to see how wonderful that he could make this chef make things, which, of course, he had no control over the chef at all. None. Except giving him a headache and a stomachache. So it didn't it did not work out at all. And the chef, at this point in this restaurant, he was making the chef grab wrong seasonings to put in whatever he was making. So dishes were going out and being sent back because they tasted funny. I mean, you really don't put cinnamon on chicken. And that's what he did. That just sounds disgusting to me. So... At any rate, this was his little claim to fame, that he was just doing his thing. The lady ghost was very, very plain. Um, her hair was really flat against her head because she had one of those real thin hairnets on that waitresses used to wear years ago. You didn't know it was there except you knew it was holding the head, the hair down. And she had that on and she was wearing no makeup. She also had a really rough voice. It, it sounded like she smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. It was raspy. And she was only about 52 years old. She really wasn't that old. And she never married, never had kids. She was the baby of a family of eight that had the responsibility when she was alive to stay and care for her parents till they died. And she was about 48 when they died. And in her world, she just missed being able to get married, have kids. She was so just crabby, just unpleasant looking. I, I, I was surprised Jack and Ron even didn't sense her because she was really mean. Now, she was the one that was hurting the wait staff. She, when somebody was uh, bringing a food plate, she would make it spill onto their lap. She did the water thing. She bumped the bottom of the pitcher when she was pouring water. That's why it went on the lady's lap. She just loved just messing up things. She would walk around when the table was busy talking. She would go around and, and nobody noticed. She would take either all their forks or all their knives. They had been using them. They'd put them down. They'd go back from. You see these people looking on the floor for their knives or their forks. How did I drop it and not know it? This, this lady, she was very, very mean-spirited. And she hated it when somebody came in and asked for one of the pretty waitresses' tables to be set there. 
Nobody ever asked for her. So she would make sure that those tables really had something going on. You know, she did a lot of damage in four or five days. There are people, life people, that I'm sure would never come back to this place. I mean, I, I believe in giving everybody at least two chances. I'm the same way with a new television show. I'll watch it once. If I don't like it, I still try it a second time to make sure. But this woman was just, just not good. And she never actually said how she died. She would, I'm almost thinking she committed suicide. But she never admitted to it. But with her depression and not having a life or having anything and, oh, woe is me. Nobody loves me. Nobody likes me. Nobody calls me. Nobody talks to me. I really believe that that's what happened. Um, she said she was happiest when people blamed the pretty waitresses for things going wrong. That's a miserable thing to make you happy. And they all did go to the light. I was surprised they did. And, but not one of them said they were sorry for what they did. Every one of them thought that they were just doing what they needed to do to be in the state that they were in. You know, I, I would like to think in this type of story that once they crossed over, hopefully did some healing that they were like, you know, I should go back and kind of give some help now from the other side to help repair some of the damage that I did to this innocent man. And even though the wait staff, you know, granted he was the owner, but the wait staff relies on those tips to pay their bills, to take care of their family. Right. You know, so. Right. I hope. And, yeah. And, and the thing is this, she. She blamed the whole world for her problems. You know, if that's the way the family was raised, that she was the last one and had to take care of the family, you know, and I know that's old world thinking, you know, mm -hmm. that's not the way it works now. No, instead you add onto your house and move them in with you. So that's a problem sometimes too. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know which one's better. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't either. been there, done that. So I really don't know. But, you know, it just, and that's sometimes why I think when you are in a restaurant, you really, really have to give the waste staff credit. And especially in this day and age, restaurants don't even have enough staff nowadays. They're rushing around like crazy. The service is not the greatest. You wait forever for your food, but it's not mm -hmm. their fault. And you can't, yeah. you can't blame them. And these are live people blaming them, not dead people. So, right. but, yes. And restaurants are a very, very, very busy place for ghosts. Ghosts like to hang out in restaurants. There's a lot of trouble they can get into in a restaurant. A lot of trouble. Well, and there's a lot of energy, right? People are going out to eat to celebrate something. Um you know, high pressure in the kitchen to, to stay on time, to get the food out. You know, it's, I mean, I was a waitress for a while in my, my much younger years. And so I, I can appreciate wait staff because I've been one and, and, you know, I know that the waitress has no control over the kitchen. 
um, how well that chef is cooking or not cooking, you know? So I, I always try to remember that, but um, there, there's a lot happening in restaurants yes, and not even to mention just personality conflicts with coworkers on top of everything else. So, and, and nowadays so many restaurants have gone out of business and the economy seems to be picking up a little. And so some of these restaurants are being bought now and think about this. These people were so angry when they had to close. Most of the new restaurants that are opening that were prior restaurants have a lot of negative energy in them. Like Jack said, when we were done, he said, I will never buy another property without checking with you first. He said, because I never want to go through this again. And since that restaurant, he has opened three more. So he's doing fine. He's doing really, really well for himself, which is good. And, but it's, it's hard. I mean, the world isn't the way it used to be now. So who knows what else can go on? Right. Right. Well, I'm glad he's uh, being prosperous and, you know, it didn't slow him down or damage the reputation of the restaurant that much to where it really knocked him back. No, he got over it pretty quick. And, you know, most of this happened the first week. And a lot of times there's always such a crowd. I've already said, you know, to my husband, oh, it just opened. Let's give him a month. Let him get their routine down pat before you go in and demand service. And and that seems to be just a good little thing just to try to do. (laughs) Well, I'm not one for big crowds anyway. So when you have a big, hot and upcoming run, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere near there. There's going to be too many people at you. Right. (laughs) Let me go on a Tuesday afternoon when it's a lot less busy and fewer, fewer humans mucking it up for me. Exactly right. (laughs) <laughs> so that was a fun story. Yeah. That, that's a fun story. Um, well, and I've I've already said too, like if I ever open up another location, if I'm crazy enough that I want a second location, I'll be giving you a call standing in that building, you know, with the realtor like Marianne. What what's that's going on here? On. That's right. <laughs> and seeing that you've got all my phone numbers, you better. <laughs> and sometimes when Ted's like, call the house and I look and I'm like, which one? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's the house business line. There's the house house. There's the house sell. There's the. <laughs> yeah, they're all over the place. Right? Yeah, just call me. Right. <laughs> so it's so much one. easier. Right. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, we release these fun episodes every Wednesday morning, bright and early. So they are waiting for you. When you uh, are ready for school, when you're ready for work, when you're wanting something to listen to, getting the kids ready for school. And then when you're done listening, you can join us live at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and join us live on YouTube, Marianne Winkowski or Goddess Elite. We're live on both channels. Talk about the episode, ask questions, give us ideas for other episodes that are maybe waiting to be thought out and recorded. And meet all of our fun friends that join us every Wednesday as it is. It's a fun crowd that we have. Yes, um, they are. We, we've I, got them all over the place. Yeah, and they, 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 ask, they ask good questions and they come up with some good ideas too. So, they, yeah, it gives, it gives me pause to think, hmm, I should try that. So, 
Yeah, there's two or three episodes that that we have done recently that are spurred on and thought provoking. Like they've asked a question, you're like, "Oh yeah, I do have a story that fits that." So you know, it's pulling them out of my brain from way back when, and (laughs) you know, I've never lied about that. I walk out of a house and I'm done. I can't keep going over a house. I I see too many, but Mm -hmm. there. When they're the ones that I really remember, these are the ones that I like to talk about. And, and, you know, for people that have been to the events, they know that some of these stories, you know, I tell, you know, during that, but I think a bigger audience is at least hearing them now, which is cool. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, new audience, new friends coming in. It's, it's fun. It's fun. So, well, thank you for listening, everybody. Join us next Wednesday for our next episode and join us on the live and let's, let's talk about it. Okay. Bye-bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Join us again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.